Christ. Oh, isn't it good to worship God in this place? Isn't it good to worship him? He's been truly good to each and every one of us. Well, I, I invite you to grab your copy of God's Word and meet me in the Gospel according to Matthew as we give our last installment in our series called Focus. For as a church family, we have been focusing on ourselves and on the church and on the future that God has for us, what God wants to do through us as the body of Christ. And it's important that we remain focused. For as a church family, Champion Forest advances the kingdom by making disciples, loving our community, and strengthening the church. Throughout this series, we've focused thus far on how we advance the kingdom by making disciples. That is the, uh, that's the call by God that we call our great commission. And if you were with us on last week, we were looking at that great commandment where Christ calls us to love God with all and love our community. And on this Sunday, this installment, we want to focus on that, that third priority of our focus. And that is that as a church family, God has called us to strengthen the church. God has called us to strengthen the church. If you found your way to the gospel according to Matthew, we'll be looking at that 16th chapter which may be familiar verses to some of us. But I pray that God, through the Holy Spirit, would allow us to, to see a greater revelation of what he'd have us to do and to be as his church. For there, in the 13th verse of the 16th chapter, God's word declares, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elisha, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Listen to what our Savior said one more time in the 18th verse. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Help the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk today from the subject, this subject in our minds, and that is strengthening the church. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much that you've blessed us to sing your praises and glorify your name. In fact, we wanted to be a, a sweet-sounding fragrance. We wanted, dear God, to be sweet to your ears, that, that we are here to honor and glorify you. We acknowledge that we've been blessed by you, blessed well beyond we deserved. And we thank you that you've given us your Spirit's guidance 
That as we look into your word, you can make our hearts and our minds receptive soil for the seed of your word. That we could better glorify you with our lives, love each other better, and trust you even more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now, I want to start off by telling you I am aware. I had the opportunity to go amongst the congregation during our greeting time, and, and I was made aware. I was made aware that there's a, a contest or a competition that's to happen a little later on in the day. I, I don't know why it seems so important, you know, that Kansas City and Philadelphia Eagles will be in competition. I, I, see, I hear there's no fans out there. I, I, hear, I hear that. I hear that. But you have my assurance that I will have you out no later than 30 minutes before the game. I assure you. You'll have time to, to get your, 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 your accoutrements ready and, and sit back and enjoy the festivities. Because it's going to be a great time of celebration. It's going to be a great time. See, some of you right now, you're trying to find your exit. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's going to be a good time. You're going to enjoy. So those of you who are indeed uh, football fans, American football, we, we know that you're going to enjoy yourself as you, as you attend to the, the sights and sounds and excitement of the game. And it's good in this place. But the truth is, if we focus too much on that which is temporary, we'll soon find that there's no lasting significance. There's nothing wrong with entertainment. However, let me, let me press this claim for a moment and, and drill down on what our focus, our greater focus, ought to be. That as people of God and the church of God, we should always strive to focus on the things of God. The church I grew up in, they would say, only what you do for Christ will last. And there are some things we do that are of eternal significance. As a church family, like making disciples, that's of eternal significance. And when we make disciples, when we review that in our time together, we ask that pointed question, when I stand before God, Will, will I be happy with what I have to present him with? Will I be able to tell God that I led someone to you by the way that I lived my life, by the message that I, I, I shared with others? And then, if we focus our attention on eternal matters, then we, are, we focus our attention on doing what God has commanded us to do in the great commandment to love our Lord our God with all our hearts, our soul, and our minds, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's loving our community. And we address that with this question in our minds. If Champion Forest disappeared tomorrow, would anyone in the community know? Would anyone care? Would anyone miss us? And I pray that God continues to use us as his church to impact the community for his glory. I am convinced that the institution of the church, that God has, has through the institution of the church, used the church to make disciples, to love their community, to strengthen the church. And that indeed is our focus number three. And we'll call that the Great Commission, strengthening the church. As we get there, we have to identify whose church it is. Uh, we read it in text. 
For the truth is that, that the church, the Big C Church, as well as the local expression, Champion Forest Baptist Church, doesn't belong to us. Uh, the church belongs to Christ. Our name's not on the building. We didn't die on the cross for the church. No, only Christ did that, which means the church, Big C, belongs to him. See, the church is built on and is built by Christ. Uh, follow, put your sandals on and follow with the disciples in the text. For there they are meandering through uh, the, the city of Philippi, where at the time they were there, there are a pantheon of idols all around, play, uh, idols that people would gather to worship and offer gifts to. And there in that context, with all they had to choose from Sonia, Christ asked them the question, who do people say that I am? And after they gave uh, the latest trending news about who Christ is, he then drilled down and made it personal. He asked the question that you and I also have to answer for ourselves if we're going to see Christ in eternity, and that is, who do you say that he is? Peter, that, that impulsive disciple, then stands. You heard it read, and he, he declares, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Christ acknowledges in that moment that that revelation, that, that understanding did not originate with Peter, but rather heaven hooked up with his heart and God revealed to him the truth of who Jesus is. I hope you get this, because unless God makes the first initiative, we would never truly know who Jesus is. If God would not touch our hearts, if God would not invade our lives, we would go along thinking that oh, like other um, belief systems, oh, Jesus is just a good prophet. Oh, Jesus is just one of the prophets. But when God touches your heart with the Holy Spirit of God, you realize there's much more to who Jesus is. When Jesus is real in your life and he is real to you and you know him as the Lord of your life, you could say like Peter, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Uh, you know he's the son of the living God because he brings your life from death to life. When you place your hand in the hand of Christ, he grips you by his grace. And some of us know that that may be your testimony, that when you weren't looking for God, God was looking for you. And when God got a hold of you, he transformed your life, and you realize just how much God loves you through Jesus Christ. Your life isn't the same, is it? It's not like it used to be. Some of you right now can say, I thank God that I'm not what I used to be because of Jesus Christ in my life. Christ says, upon that confession, the confession that he is the Christ, upon that confession, he is going to build his church. We are blessed to be a part of it, uh, to be a part of what the carpenter from Nazareth constructs, for he constructs a church, get this, by himself, and he constructs a church for himself. The church, not, not the edifice that we gather in, not, not this location that, that we are in, not, not the buildings that adorn our campus, though we're grateful that God has blessed us from the sacrifice of others that we might have a place to call home and to worship him. We understand that the building is not 
the church, the people, you and I, we are the church. So when you hear Christ saying, upon the foundation of who I am, I'm going to build my church, he is speaking about you. He's speaking about me, that he is going to use us as an instrument in his hands. He's going to use us as the body of Christ, not to sit and stay dormant, not to be on the sideline and judge what's happening outdoors, but there's a reason, there's a purpose why he is building his church. He said it right there. He said, and the gates of hell, that part that represents death and, and, and judgment, the gates of hell, he said, will not prevail against the church, which means then that if you are part of this body, if you are part of the church, then you have the presence of God, the hand of God working on you as you rest your life in God. Hold on. And you have the power of God to be led by God to tear down the gates of hell to help rescue those who are out there. Why? Because you are part of the body of Christ that shines a light in the darkness. That's why we need the church. That's why God is building us. He's, he wants to use us to rescue others that they too might know the love that God has for them. Uh, we, are called, we are called the church. And if you're not a member of the church, you're not a part of the believers, those who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those who strive to live their lives, understanding that through Christ alone that we are forgiven of our sins, through Christ alone we are adopted into the family of God. If you are not a part of that group, of this group, you want to be a part. You want to be a member because I have no problems debating with Ford. Only God, only Christ can build what lasts, that what Christ builds always lasts. Listen, there's a lot of things that come and go in this world. There's a lot of uh, fads that come and go. There are a lot of trending things that come and go. But when it comes down to the church, the church is the only institution blessed by God that will last. I know it because that's what Jesus said he's coming back for. He's coming back for his church. And you want to be a part of the body of Christ, the church of God. Because God uses his church. When the church operates as designed by God. Lives are changed. When we are who God has called us to be, communities are impacted. When we are the body of Christ, actively living out the purpose of Christ for our lives, collectively, everyone who comes in the congregation is blessed to experience the love of God when the church is at her, her best. Uh, this happened this week as the city called. The city called um, for, for the church. And I was speaking to the, the code enforcement officer for the city of Jersey Village. I'm going to see if I can pull this up. And she was discussing with me a need of one of the residents in the community. She called me and she said, um, Pastor, I don't know if, if you can do anything to help with this. She said, but, but there is someone in the community that has a need. There was a resident in the community that, that's um, indigent, and she could not care for her residents the way uh, the city uh, desired. And so code enforcement went out, but before they executed any judgment, they called the church. 
And when they called the church, I was able to call some deacons. And immediately the deacons of the church this past weekend went to that home and corrected what was wrong. And she sent this text to us. She said, it was only three days before, I call, before you called me that I prayed using Matthew 17. I did not have vision like once in the past. My, my prayer was answered. My worry is gone, and it was gone in that moment that you and the other men of being the feet and right hand and bearing the seal of Christ Jesus in your forehead, something, understand this, may our Lord keep you steadfast and safe. Thank you, she says, and may all the glory be to God. Check this out, that because the church was the church, we're able to be a blessing to a member of the community because when the church is at its best, the community is blessed. Everyone is blessed, and we thank God for those who are part of the, the church. Thank God for devoted deacons who are willing to be servants. And as we focus on this priority, understanding that the church belongs to Christ, understanding that we, the church then, belong to Christ, that it's important for us to understand that in order to build the church up, Christ has blessed the church with gifted believers, believers who are able to make a difference for the glory of God. I'm talking about, in fact, turn to your neighbor, just tell him he's talking about you. He's talking about you. That, that, that is if you are indeed a part of the church, a member of the body of Christ, big C. I'm not just talking about the local expression. Anybody, any congregation that gathers in the name of Jesus Christ is a part of the church, the universal church. And when you are a part of the church, God equips you to be used by God for the glory of God. Amen. And we are blessed to, to be a part. And we, we're blessed to be a part to be a blessing. For here's the driving question that we must answer. How are we stewarding the gifting, resources, and influence God has graciously given us? To everybody who's a member of the church, God has given you a gift to be used by his glory. How are we stewarding that gift? How are we stewarding what God has given us? That word steward uh, speaks to manage or, or invest or, or care for or operate with. Because the truth is what we have is from Christ and it belongs to Christ. Uh, one, one Wednesday evening at 6.45 as I was leading Bible study, I, I was uh, speaking with a class and we were talking about how we ought to be good stewards. And I remember um, asking the question of one of them. Uh, I asked them, I said, um... I said, if I were permitted uh, to, to use your car, um, what do you expect from me? Now, I'll be honest with you. When I asked the question, uh, uh, some of you looking at me like you won't even let me use your car. <laughs> but at least the, 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 the class were, were, were a, little, a, little more, a little more kinder. They, they, they looked at me and, 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 and I asked pointedly, if, if I'm able to use your car, what do you expect of me? Knowing that, 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 that I will, I'm the pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use your vehicle. Uh, and I thought, I really did, because when you're teaching sometimes, you kind of anticipate what you think the response is going to be. And so I thought they would say that common response, Hillary. That means, you know, you will treat it like it is yours. I mean, what do you think that? I mean, you treat it, treat, treat my stuff like it's, it's yours. But Lee, I, 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 was, I was floored because that's not the response I received. 
Now, I've been teaching a long time. I've been teaching Bible a long time. And I, I love teaching our, our Wednesday night classes where we go through the Word verse by verse and point upon point to see what God's Word has to say to us. And, but in this moment, I was floored because Liz, she, she didn't answer the way she was supposed to answer. She, she would look at me and know what I'm trying to get her to say and say what I want her to say so we can go on with the lesson. But that's not what she said. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. She didn't say, I want you to treat it like it's yours. No, 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 no. She said to me, I want you to treat it like you know it's mine. Treat it better than the way you treat yours. Come here, come, 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 come on, hang with me for a moment because the spiritual gift that's in you, the, the, what, what God has put in you, it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It's actually belonging to God. And God will ask all of us at that time and point in judgment, when we come face to face with him, he's going to ask, how did you handle the gift that I've given you as a part of the body of Christ? He's going to ask you, how did you handle my gift? My gift of grace. How did you handle the spiritual gift that I gave you? He's going to ask the question, how did you handle it? First Corinthians, Paul writes this uh, to the believers in that fourth chapter. And the first verse, he, he writes this to the believers. He says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. He says, one should regard the church. Members of the church as servants of Christ. I, I love this verse. As I look at an understanding that God's hand is upon us who trust him and believe in him, that, that he has lifted us and elevated us to be servants of Christ. This word servant in the original Greek text is really a combination of words, the nautical term, uh, which means uh, one who rolls under or an under roar. Let me check for a moment. I don't want to date myself, but anybody know anything about Ben-Hur? Anybody? Anybody know anything about Ben-Hur? Some of you online, you listen and say, yeah, you, you with me, you with me. And some of y'all saying, how old is Pastor? But it's okay. Don't, don't worry about all that. Um, uh, but Ben-Hur, if you ever saw Ben-Hur, you, you see those times when Ben-Hur was, was with the under roars. He had the bottom of a ship. And, and what Paul is saying here is that as believers, we are ministers of God. We are servants of Christ. We are under roars, those who sit at the bottom of the ship, and we give our strength and ability to rowing. We, we're not at the top of the ship. We're not the chief. Uh, we're at the bottom. We're, we're just serving, and we're, we're rowing. And let me tell you about it. under roars. Under roars don't plot where the navigation is going to go. Under roars are not the ones who say when to stop and when to start. No, their job is just to listen to the captain of the ship. And when the captain of the ship says row, all we do is row. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. God is the captain of the ship. He is the chief in charge. He is the head of the church. And as believers, we ought to listen for him. So when he says go, we just keep on rolling. When, when things get trouble, we just keep on rolling. When people don't understand the church, we just keep on rolling, knowing that what you do for Christ is the only thing that's going to last. We are, we are, we are, we are under under roars. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me calm down. I'm getting excited about that. We, uh, we, we, we have the master pilot helping forward the ship of the church in heavenly directions. And he has charged us, he's empowered us to go forward on mission for him. That's why later on in that same text of 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, the second verse, he says, moreover, it is required of stewards you and I, to be found faithful. 
that God will use those who are faithful to the command of God to strengthen his church. Church, the big C. For he himself, he built the church. And the church is built on Christ. And Christ uses the believers to build up, to strengthen the church. The church is strengthened, built up by believers in Christ. Let me, let me bring you to the fourth chapter of Ephesians. I just want you to hear the word of God because this is Jesus' work and this is what Jesus is doing. And text says in the 11th verse of the fourth chapter, And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Our role as leaders is to equip you for the work of ministry. Why? Look at it right there. For building up the body of Christ. Until all attain the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's the measuring rod. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning or by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love, we ought to grow up. Somebody say grow up. We ought to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it is built, it builds itself up in love. God has equipped us that we might come alongside of other believers to help the church big C grow and be strengthened so that we can challenge the, the, the powers that be, so we can challenge the gates of hell, that we can see those who are lost, who don't know the love of God, and God will use us in the courage and might of the Holy Spirit to stand against the wiles of the devil and help rescue those brothers and rescue those sisters who are out there who have yet to know. That we are to give them the hope that only comes from Christ. That's why you work where you work. That's why you live where you live. That's why God has placed you where he's placed you. That's why God has put us here. For we are a part of a church that has been blessed by God. We're blessed with resources. We're blessed with people. We're blessed with influence. We are blessed by God. And when we steward that blessing well, the church collectively becomes blessed. The centrality of Christ is what identifies believers. He is our head. The centrality of Christ is what unifies us. Because we may come from different cultures and different backgrounds. We may come from different neighborhoods and have different histories. But you know what we do have in common? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I think you know already. It's an open book test. It's right there in your Bibles. You know what we do have in common? We have Christ. That Jesus Christ holds us together. He saves us. He sanctifies us. And with him in Christ, there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no bond, there's no free. We are one in Christ Jesus to be used by Christ to be a blessing to the body of Christ. All right, I'm done now because some of y'all are still stuck on that first part of the message when I talked about the football team, but it's okay. Come on, come on here. Come on here. I'm trying to, trying, trying to get you somewhere because he wants to use us. God has gifted you to be used by God. 
And one of the ways we strengthen the church is when we serve with the gifts God has given us. Every person who's a part of the body of Christ, God has given you a gift by the Holy Spirit, and you honor God when you choose to use that gift for God's glory. If you don't know your gift, you can, you can text the word volunteer to 77069, and there you'll find a gift assessment that is available that you could take and, and understand f- fuller what God would have of you to do with the gift he's given you. And then we have opportunities for you to serve the body of Christ with the very gifts God reveals to you that you have. But if you're a part of the church, you're a member of the body of Christ, you, you have a gift. And your brother is strengthened, your, your sister is strengthened, the, the church collectively is strengthened when the believers use their gifts. Another way we strengthen the church is when, when we're willing to give. We serve through, through giving. Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so whatever we have, we are to give cheerfully and, and not grudgingly, for God loves a, a cheerful giver. We, we ought to continue to give because you are willing to give to the church. Members of the church were able to go out and be a blessing to somebody in this community because of your willingness to give. We're able to make a lasting impact across the community, across our country, and, and across the world. One of the ways we're blessing pastors and, and local churches and, and that, that are, are not as resourced as we are, one of the ways we do that is through CF Connect where we encourage pastors, where we've taken pastors from all across the country over two years. We've already nearly been a blessing to 300 pastors and, and their churches through your willingness to give. Not only that, but because you're willing to give, we we were able to to fund over 20 church plants all over the country. That's because of your generosity and because God has used you to give. We are currently training residents in ministry that, that they might grow and develop their skills, that they too can be instruments in the body of Christ. So if you're going to strengthen the church, if you're going to keep strengthening the church, we do so by using our gifts. We do so by being willing to give. And thirdly, we serve by going. That's what missions is all about. You ever want to know how God can use you in an extra special way? Be willing to go for him. You can go locally and connect with uh, mission groups locally. We, we're in the schools. We're, we're in the community. Uh, we're, we're blessing people locally. But also you can go with us internationally where we have international mission trips all over the world. One specific one that, that I am blessed to lead is our mission trip to Kenya where, where there we go to, to support orphans and to, to rescue those who are in trouble, to help those with education and with physical needs and with their spiritual needs. And all that happens because of a willingness for us to go. See, we're, we're God's church. It is he who called us. It is he who redeems us. It is he who welcomes us to be a part of his body. But not just for us to be a part. It is he who empowers us with the presence of his Holy Spirit, and he gifts us so that we might be a blessing to the church. Let me, let me, I know, I know my time's, time's up. Let me go in and, and say this. We, we as a church body, we're never in competition with a church next door that's open in the name of Christ. 
No, we're all on the same team. We all wear the same jersey. We are the body of Christ. And so we help one another so that when one's down, we, we lift them up. When one needs, we go there to help the needs because he's called us to help build up the body. So the question I have is, can God count on you? Okay, you didn't answer. Let me ask them on the side. Can, can God count on you? Yeah. Let, let, me, let me ask those over here. Can, can God count on you? Yeah. You can only answer this for yourself. Can God count on you to help strengthen the body? Well, in order to be able to strengthen the church, you have to first be a part of the church. We stand all over the building. God has led us to advance his kingdom. And as a church, we do that by making disciples. Of all people, we make disciples. We, we do that by, by loving our community. And thirdly, we advance the kingdom by strengthening the church. This local body is made stronger when you use your gifts for God's glory. The church collectively is stronger when we choose to say yes to God's direction. And right now, God is speaking to somebody here because you've been outside, you've, you've been alone, you've been trying to figure out life, and the only way to really be who God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do is for you to be a part of the church that belongs to Jesus Christ. And if you're accepting Christ right now, if you say, you know what, it's time. I've been, I've been waiting long enough. I've been visiting long enough. It's time for me to make it official, be a part of the body of Christ. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I invite you to come right now. I invite you not to wait any longer that you say, yes, and God, I, I want God to use me. I want God to transform me. I invite you to come, and I promise you that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he'll transform your life. He'll change your life. He, he lifts burdens. He blesses those who trust in him. And you have to say yes. So say yes today and be a part of the body of Christ. Hear it? I see you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. As the body of Christ. We're called to know Christ, to learn from his word, and to be used by him to be a blessing. And I know sometimes we, we have struggles and we have burdens. But that's what's great about the church. Because together we bring those cares to God. And so our prayer partners are standing here and they're here to pray with you and pray for you. Whatever it is, God can do something about it. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.